This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. I'm Neil McCready. Chris Landry here with me today as well. Hope everyone out there had a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a Happy New Year. Three days left in 2020, and then we can actually say that we made it. Who knows what 2021 will bring, but let's face it, if it's if it's going to try to top 2020, it's going to have to be <laughs> serious work. So, uh, Chris, how are you? Merry Christmas. Hope you had a great one. Merry Christmas to you and all of our listeners out there. It is, uh, isn't it always the case, though, um, Christmas comes and it's like, hey, folks, by the way, it's a couple of days and there's this, you know, national playoffs around. It just kind of sneaks up on everybody. For me, it's been something I've been looking forward to. Uh, 17 and counting bowl games canceled. So as we um, as we're doing this show uh, uh, on, live on Tuesday, the 29th, we've got two games that we we don't think they're being canceled. Um, but we're we're getting we're getting close with some really good games coming up. We've got Florida Oklahoma on Wednesday, um, and then obviously uh, New Year's Eve. We've holding on to four games uh, involving now two SEC teams, and then obviously January first, the big semifinal game. So really excited about. Um, getting down into into those games and uh, seeing what comes out of it um, and on to getting this season in the books to where we can start to plan on some sense of normalcy. I, look, they're saying now, hey, come fall, we're going to have, you know, fans of plenty in the stadium and all that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold all the medical experts to that. <laughs> so I've got a brother who he works for a big fortune 500 company. And so they get a medical calls and all of that stuff. And he's nailed this from March on. I mean, he actually was nailing it before it ever happened. And about February, he said, it's going to get bad. and We're going to get lockdowns and stuff. It's going to be a bad year. And he nailed it. I talked to him yesterday and I said, what are you hearing? And he goes, well, do you watch the news? And I said, no, I do not watch the news. I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm ignorant. I put my head in the sand and just, just go happy. But he said, well, if you watch the news and if you listen to people that know, everyone's going to have the vaccine for the most part by April, by May. We're about to do the, there's going to be some politics in this. You're going to get the new president comes in on January the 20th and he's going to, he's going to talk about a cold, dark winter and he's going to talk about mask mandates and he's going to beg everybody to wear a mask for a hundred days and blah, 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 blah. And people are already getting the vaccine and we're going to get more vaccines and the vaccine. People are going to get vaccinated. And he thinks that by April, May, 
for the most part, it's over. He thinks the fall is fairly normal. He thinks there will be some mask stuff, residual mask things that exist all the way through 2021 with, you know, depending on, and look, I'm not trying to insult anybody. So before anybody thinks I am, I'm not, you know, depending on just how politically correct a company is, a franchise is whatever, uh, the, the, the ones that are most concerned with liability, concerned with appearances, concerned with image, they're, they're going to hang on to mass stuff a little bit longer. But I, I do think, I do think we're getting close to a place where we can see the the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I've, I'll be honest with you, Chris, I gave up on the spring months ago. My, 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 it, my focus has been on August, um, of 2021 for months. I mean, I, I, I guess I've been sort of negotiating, you know, in my mind, Hey, you know, get through the spring, get to the fall. For me, the fall is, is, is symbolic a little bit. Uh, you know, my, my daughter, Caroline starts college in, in August. Um, you know, my son Carson starts high school in August. I'd like for them to have quote normal in quote starts to those moments in their, in their lives. But yeah, you know, I, I do think, I do think next fall, I don't know whether stadiums are completely full, but I think they look different than this. And I don't know about you, Chris, because you're, you're a hardcore sports guy, much more than I am. I have found that it is difficult for me to watch games, whether they're college games, pro games, in empty stadiums. If the stadium has people in it, even if it's just 20%, for whatever reason, I guess because of the way it sounds and feels, I'm more apt to tune in and, and watch it. I'll, I'll give you an example. I turned on an NBA game last night, and there was no one in the stands, and it was a great game. ended up being a one-point game. The Jazz beat the Thunder by one. I turned it off second quarter. I just couldn't do it. It, was, it, it. it depressed me. It didn't sound right. It didn't look right. So, I don't know. Long, long, long answer to your question. I think the fall is normal, and I think the fall is fairly normal because it has to be normal. These schools have lost so much money, and they've got to at some point go, hey, look, this is about cash. This is about cash flow. This is about revenues, and if you don't feel safe coming to a game, don't come, but we've, we've got to get rolling here. Yeah, and I think everybody – well, I don't speak everybody. That's overstating it. I think a lot more people, because of the shutdown – uh, a lot more people are on the side, even the ones that were for the shutdown. Hey, we, we need to do this where we don't shut down. We need to figure this out because we gotta, we gotta have, we gotta get businesses open, and you know, um, whatever we need to do, restaurants and businesses, we, we've we've got to have it. So, I am um, selfishly being the football guy that I can deal with, and I think colleges can deal with spring practice they may have to spread it out i mean that's going to be difficult we're going to have but you can do that you're not traveling you can you can there are a lot of things you can do to make sure you get spring practice in including hey look we got to stop it for a while and, and it may you know but as opposed to having none last year yeah i think i think we're going to be way ahead and then i think you know and hoping that when we get to august and uh, we can get to um get to some sense of normalcy. I, what I have really been frustrated with more than any selfishly, and there are bigger things going on in the world, but I know, uh, and the loss of lives and all that. It, it's just the, just from a pure football standpoint now, folks, again, I'm not, 
not saying this is important in a in the grand scheme of things. It's just the the lack of the games being canceled and never knowing what's going to happen this week. And or you know the conversations. Well, you know it always started each week with. Uh, well, we think we've got all these games. I, I I never thought I'd be saying, I think we got this game. We think this game's, we, we think they're going to have enough people to play. They're not, that just turned me off watching the games on TV. I admit that it did not bother me a whole lot. In fact, I, I'm watching the game and I would prefer to have a full stadium and all that kind of stuff. Cause it would have that feel, but it probably means I could have lived with that to some degree. It, it I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. What bother me is not having games. What bothers me is, okay. You know, like people ask the question, well, Chris, what do you think about Ohio state deserve to be there? And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know what they are. I, I, I can't, I can only evaluate six games. I can't, you know, I, I can project, that bothered me more than anything. And, you know, like as we're getting into the NFL, I'm so excited as we get into the last regular season weekend. Um, I, it's not going to affect my enjoyment of the playoffs, any that the fans will be there. Although I think it would be a lot better. I think it's a much more hope, a home field advantage in Arrowhead if they got their fans there, but I don't think it's going to make a, you know, decided difference. Green Bay is more of a weather factor. Uh, it never was a whole lot of a fan factor there anyway, even though the fans are great. So I, I'm just kind of relieved to and hopeful that we get the college season in because I know the NFL with their money, they're going to figure things out well, they're going to get the season in. Yeah, college, yeah. you know, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I'm still nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs about I can't wait to get the two games done on Friday. Not I, I don't want them. I'm looking forward to them. I just want to get them in, and I want to be able to, you know, get to the championship game and not have the threat of, hey, what, what happened if we have to push it back or something or the game is compromised in any way, which, I, you know, it's still very possible. I mean, you never know. I'll touch one thing. There's a couple of com- comments in here. Uh, Woodshed King says, makes sense to me for spring practice to be pushed back a few weeks with the expected timeline of availability of the vaccine. So I've had this conversation with a couple of people. haven't talked about it long because, quite frankly, spring football doesn't do a whole lot to interest me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some coaches tell me that they wouldn't be surprised if there is no traditional spring football, but rather that the NCAA – says, hey, let's push everything back to June. And in June, you can do more mini camp type stuff uh, in, in your off season. Um, you know, no, not full contact and all that, but you can, you can do 11 on 11 with the football. Get a, you know, you, you, you're a former NFL guy, you know what I'm talking about, where you can do some NFL camp stuff. You can install offenses. You can install defenses. You can work on things so that you don't, assemble everybody in a in a a typical setting in the spring you just push it back to the summer and then you start the season on time and frankly you know this chris there's a lot of coaches out there especially coaches that have been in a program for a few years they probably prefer that to having to having a spring you know and because in this in this scenario everybody's there by june you you have a, a more organized summer but we'll see i don't think 
or, or at least give the option. I think this year it's it's definitely with the circumstances of it's likely to be healthier. You're right um, in June than than in March because most of these spring practices are March and April. So I mean we're right. I mean we we put the we put the championships to bed um, in a couple of weeks, and we have the second signing day. And boom, I mean, it's sometimes two, three weeks away from spring practice in some cases. Now, a lot of coaches prefer to have it because too long of a delay of football activity can can hurt you to some degree, learning-wise and physically. And the, the good thing about having spring practice in March or April is that if you have issues health-wise, you've got more time to get it corrected through rehab, through surgeries or what have you, and get a guy back in August, as opposed to if you did it in June. Uh, but there, I think having the option and I, I a hundred percent agree. I'm in fact, I'm very confident that, that at the very least we're going to, that, that schools will have the option to do whatever they need to do to get their spring in based upon, you know, local environment. I, I could imagine that, you know, in California, it, it won't be until June before anybody can do anything. If that, you know, the way they're shutting things up. It might be June of 2027. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a, another story there. Maybe right. there, maybe there'll be a Rose Bowl next year in, in 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 Pasadena. Speaking of the Rose Bowl, is this week? It's uh, in, being played in Arlington. In Arlington, yes. The, I, I think they're going to change the logo to a yellow rose. But <laughs> the yellow rose of Texas. Yeah, yeah. Take take the uh, yeah. I come up with one every now and then. Um, yeah, I think that I think we need to we need to petition that yellow rose. All right, Alabama's a 20-point favorite over Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl. I, I do this this way all the time, and I don't know why. I don't know this is the best way to ask this question. We did a thing on the Oxford Exxon podcast yesterday. We were talking about watchability of games. This game doesn't interest me much because, oh, I, okay. <laughs> because I know the outcome. Alabama's going to blow Notre Dame off the field. Is there any scenario, Chris, where I'm wrong and Notre Dame is in this game in the fourth quarter? Probably not. Um, there's there's always a scenario I can create. Is it believable? And is it right. is there the, a the likelihood? I mean, in a in a one out of ten scenario, uh, the the difficulty with making the case because people will say, "Oh, but remember this." How many times does the scenario that you want to throw out there involves Alabama? Um. Alabama wasn't ready to play Clemson a couple of years ago for some reason. And certainly they've not been ready to play in a couple of non-playoff games, the rare ones that they do play. But it just you don't get that with Alabama. You get laser focus, you get intensity, you get, you know, we're on a mission. So you have to for ain't certainly Notre Dame, they're gonna need a, a lot of help from Alabama. And I just don't know that they're going to get that. And I mean sloppy play, uh, fundamentally poor play, turnovers, uh, critical mistakes, creating short field for for Notre Dame's offense. Um, the defense is going to have to – Alabama's defense is going to have to be on the field a lot for, for Notre Dame to have success. Uh, let me say this. People will say that it's going to be the same as the BCS game, 2012 the result may be the same. It won't look the same, okay? I mean, Notre Dame is a more physical team then. 
than, than they were back then. They are bigger, they're stronger, and they've improved. Um, Alabama's more explosive and has much more uh, lethal passing attack than they did back then. So I think the result may be similar, but how it is kind of the ingredients of breaking down how the meal's cooked, it's going to be a little different looking. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to be decisive. Look, that point spread is what it is. I could see the game being a 17-point game. So if you're betting Notre Dame plus the points, I mean, I think he got a chance, but I think it's just as good of a chance that it's, you know, it's 24. I mean, it's it's it, to me, it's a – it's in that range for a reason. I mean, I think that that's, you know, I think it's more likely that Notre Dame, uh, that Alabama can explode. Uh, I think that Notre Dame can run the football. And I think the real key is going to be, um, again, is somehow, some way, can you get no, can you get Alabama off their mark and can Notre Dame really control and dominate the time of possession? Um, that's the one strength. This Alabama team is still built around offense. The defense is good, not great. It's good and sometimes really good. But can they be that good against the run? Can Notre Dame work the tight ends in the passing game, have the physical mismatches, control the time of possession? It would have to be a a um, a a a. a two-to-one time of possession advantage for Notre Dame to have a chance here. All right, let me ask this. Alabama's going to be playing without Landon Dickerson, the yep. uh, very talented center who's been a big part of the offensive line, which is the unsung hero on that team. Mac Jones gets a ton of uh, of, of hype, deservedly so. He's had mm-hmm. a middle year. Uh, Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, is probably going to win the Heisman Trophy. He's had a special season. Uh, Najee Harris has been probably the best running back in college football, frankly, deserved more Heisman consideration than he got. All of that said, I want to give those people their their proper due. All of that said, the Alabama offensive line has been terrific all season. How big of a loss is it for uh, for the tie to go without Landon Dickerson? It's big because you you just said something that's so true. Uh, we're talking about and the Heisman, interesting that, the voting is already in, but they're not going to announce it until after everything's over. So it's really going to be interesting and to see how that meshes up. Of all the Heisman caliber candidates on Alabama, the biggest strength of their offense this year is their offensive line. Uh, there's no question about that. And the leader of that offensive line is Lander Dickerson. So they lose the leadership. It, they're going to lose more in the run game than the pass game. Uh, Chris Owens, uh, ironically, the kid from Arlington, Texas, um, is pretty efficient in the pass blocking. Uh, in the run game, I think you'll, you're you going to have to see some adjustments in the blocking scheme. I think, obviously, they're going to work some double teams with the guards, which may hurt you a little bit on the backside some. So I think if there's an effect, uh, how much of an effect, not sure yet, uh, but the effect will be more in the run game than the pass game. Um, but that is an issue now because if it is a problem in the passing game, folks, everybody talks about when you talk about, oh, quarterbacks playing well, the receivers. I get all that. People equate offensive line with running backs in the run game and, oh, boy, they got a lot of holes. And The real key, Alabama does the best job even with all their talent, the best job of working double moves with their receivers. 
you can't work double moves if your pass protection is not really, really good because you don't have time. You can't work the double move and get open enough. The ball already has to come out. If that's affected in any way, you take away a big part of what makes them so effective and so dynamic. So we have to watch that. We have to see. I don't think it's enough to cost them the game. I don't know that's enough to cost them a threat of the game, but it could be an issue, and it could be potentially an issue if they're having trouble running it, setting up the pass. Maybe it may affect them closing out a game. You know, maybe you know. I think that's where we need to see it. But it's a loss. He was the highest graded offensive lineman this year. Not the best pro prospect, but he graded out the best of all their linemen, and he's the leader. Line calls, all those things. So you got – here's the positive with that, though. I hate to say this. If the kid's going to have an injury, better to hit have happened when it did as opposed to the first play of the game because you've got time to prepare for it. If it happens in the game, you've got – certainly you will give these guys limited reps in practice, but they've got times. So Chris Owens and Court, the kid from Maryland – or the two guys, and and I think and Dalcourt's the guy that's the the he's going to be the starter next year going forward. So they've got two guys that can play. I don't I don't see it being a huge effect, particularly in this game, but it's going to have an effect. Um, all right, let's get to the other game because the other game is pretty interesting. Clemson, Ohio State, like you mentioned, we don't really know what Ohio State is. We haven't seen them tested that many times. We know they're a talented team. Uh, they were a team that before the pandemic people were talking about as a legitimate national title contender. And of course we know about Clemson. They avenged that loss against Notre Dame in a, in a big way with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Uh, this game's the, the second game on uh, on new year's day, the second playoff game. I think this is the one where's this game. Is it in, in um, it's in new Orleans. It's there in, in new Orleans at the sugar bowl uh, breakdown, Clemson, Ohio state. Yeah, there's a rumor that Ohio State only played six games this year, and uh, and Dabo confirmed it for me. I, I, was, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I just think that's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, I, sometimes I like to laugh at my own jokes now, but even if they're not funny, um, you're one for two today. You're okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, hey, that's better than than most of the time. And if you're a uh, player, it's put you in the Hall of Fame. That's it. That's exactly right. Um, Look, I, I, I see the big difference. First of all, let's let's go to Ohio State, and there's a problem with Justin Fields' thumb. I mean, I, I could see the way the ball was releasing and coming off of it. Now, I therapy is really good and could do a lot of things, and they, I don't know exactly to what degree. The first question I have is how much better is that thumb? Because if it's not, I mean, that thumb on the throwing hand, the ability to, to grip that football and, and – the velocity, you know, how, how hard you grip it, it certainly affects his accuracy and his velocity. They, they did not throw the football well. And, and based upon how they've looked, they, they don't look like they have a shot against Clemson. Um, do think there's a lot of talent and I do think it depends largely on Justin Fields. Um, if, if they can get a better performance out of him, if he's healthier, They've got a shot. I mean, they do. This is a different-looking Clemson team. It is more built around the quarterback, whereas, I mean, even in Deshaun Watson, who's great, they had better receivers then. 
the offensive line was better. This is a good Clemson offensive line. It's not great. ATN has is a great talent. Had to had an overall typical year that I expected from him. Um, the issue is defensively, they're not as great up front. Their strength is their in their front is their linebackers when healthy, and it weren't the first game they played Notre Dame. So I, I think this is a this is a really good Clemson team, but it really is about the quarterback carrying them a lot more than ever before. So I think this game has the potential to be a little closer if Justin Fields is healthy, uh, because when he's been healthy, he looks like a different guy. Mainly last year, uh, but I still like Clemson in the game. I just know more of them. Um, you know, I know I've seen them play more this year, obviously. Um, and I will say that Ohio State, I mean, there's no extra motivation needed, but they're, they're going to play ticked off. I mean, they're, they're going to play with something to prove because they, this is the normal case with Ohio State is, you know, normally if you're Alabama, you're Clemson, you're trying to look at ways that, you know, people are giving you all the credit. You're trying to look at ways as a coach to say they're not respecting you. And it's really a bunch of bunk because they are. Ohio State's got legitimate reason to say nobody respects you. Nobody thinks you belong here. Yeah, it, The only way we're going to prove people wrong is go. I mean, so I think there's that that does mean a lot, particularly for these younger guys. Trust me, it's used a lot. So I, I still like Clemson, um, mainly because of Lawrence, but it would not shock me if Ohio State pulled the upset. This game, this, these two teams were close last year. They're both different looking. Um, but I think this game maybe is a little bit closer than people think. It, it, but it really it does depend upon Justin Fields' health. Let me ask you about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the first pick in the draft. They're almost certainly going to take Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Please feel free to tell me if you think I'm uh, no, they absolutely. In fact, that is he's the main reason why that is the plum GM job, as well as a lot of draft picks. By the way, that's that is that's the plum job. So you, you may have just answered my question from an NFL scouting standpoint. Trevor Lawrence, as as he projects as an NFL quarterback, what do you see? Well, and uh, and I will give my complete answer closer to the draft because there's a lot in terms of getting to know the guy's personality and getting on the board with him. But in terms of the physical grade, he's as good as anybody. Um, he's the best I've seen since Andrew Luck. It's high grade as anybody I've given. He is it's actually even got a little bit more physically going for him than Luck. He moves better than Luck. And Luck was more athletic than he got credit for. Luck was really cerebral. I, I think this, from a competitive standpoint, nothing against Luck. This kid's even more competitive. Uh, this kid's this kid's got the it factor. This kid kind of likes ripping your heart out your chest and shoving it down your throat. He's he's got a little bit of nasty in him. That would hurt. He's he's he's, he's got the yeah he would. He's got the pretty boy look with the hair and all that kind of stuff, but. Ain't nothing really pretty about him. He's he, and he can move for a guy six five. He looks a little gangly. He can move in today's game where you maybe want to move the pocket some, or he's got to pick up, you know, yards to keep a play or keep a drive alive. He could do that. 
he is really the total package. Um, and the total package to me is not just the physical stuff, but I want to hold off on some of the intangible stuff to I get to know him more, but I will go back to when I was there in the spring before, you know, when he was a freshman, they told me, they said, um, no, this our freshman said he is the alpha dog leader. Like the second week on campus, he was the alpha dog leader. And that's why the kid, uh, Kelly Bryant, I mean, he, you know, they started him cause that's what kind of Dabo's typically done, but they, they benched him pretty early and he came in. So he has that alpha dog leader thing that he's going to go in there and be the face of that franchise. I, I, I think he's a, how well they do building the team around them, how well they coach them, that determines a lot. It always does. Sure. It does matter a lot. But you can't you can't that that's a separate part of what you have to build. <laughs> you know, if if he's not successful, it won't be because of him. It'll be because of health or somebody's really messing him up, in my opinion. I remember talking to him when he was a freshman in high school. Mm. And um, being remember being blown away by how charismatic he was, how composed he was, all of those things. Just, um, yeah, he's a player. He's a you look in his eyes on game day. That, the the you, you're right. The long hair is kind of the it's deceptive because you think, oh, pretty boy Hollywood, and that's not really who he is at all. So I'll be interested to see what happens. All right, we're going to get back to the college game in just a minute, but a couple people asked this question. I'll, I'll let Joshua George be the ones that ask it to you. So who do, He says, so who do the Jets take it to? We're not going to spend a lot of time on the draft today because there's a lot of time between now and obviously the draft, and we'll do a lot of draft stuff in the spring. But just your real quick December the 29th, no one's going to hold you to it. Thoughts on what the Jets do it to? Well, my opinion, and this is a case of um, kind of ruining a quarterback, and I don't think he's Trevor Lawrence. I think Sam Donald's really a good quarterback. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of intangibles. You got nothing around him. Um, you got to make sure Joe Douglas has got to make sure that you, know, you got to look at all options. What's the better option out there at quarterback? I don't know that there's going to be one. Um, so look, they're they're gonna have to do their due diligence. I as much as I think he would benefit from coming back, I don't expect Justin Fields to come back. I expect him to come out. I do think, again, the thumb injury um, certainly is going to mitigate some of the what is looking like awful performances now. But in the modern-day age of the dual-threat movement, Kyler Murray, Mahomes, I mean, Justin Fields will go high. I'm not going to rule out that they wouldn't take him. I, I would I would lean a little bit more towards Sam Donald because I like him. I think he hasn't been coached or de- the team developed around him enough. That's what I would do. So um, there's plenty of options. And to me, I think you'd consider a, an elite pass rush guy. I think certainly if you want to go offensive line, Panay Sewell would be a um, a candidate. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It, it's We got to see who 100% who is declares and we got to, do some work on medicals and intangible stuff to say, hey, here's who I would take today at two, because I can tell you they don't have that answer yet. Now, only number one is certain. <laughs> All right, a couple of things we haven't touched on since we visited last. Um, 
I think both of us were surprised. Auburn hired uh, Brian Harson from Boise State. Uh, he's now the the Gus Malzahn's successor at uh, at Auburn. What were your thoughts on Auburn's decision to hire Brian Harson? Well, I think Brian's a really good coach. Um, I think he's an outstanding coach, actually. Um, my question would be the fit. Um, how many people is he going to bring with him from Boise? How many people that he's going to hire that has – SEC footprint recruiting. I mean, he has no background. I mean, he spent one year at Arkansas State, spent a little time at Texas as the offensive coordinator. But um, in a, at a program where, you know, like any major program in that conference, you're going to have to recruit to the same level as an LSU, as an A&M. And, you know, I mean, Alabama's maybe on a different level. Um but you've got to you've got to recruit that. If you don't, then it won't work. I mean, it it won't work to the degree that that fan base wants. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan. I wanted to like Gus. I like Gus personally, but I, I thought the offense had no variances to it, and he didn't. He was so tied to what he did. I thought that in the and I think some of the successes that he had with Cam and even Nick Marshall. I mean, first of all, it, it wasn't stubborn with Gus. Gus knows that offense and that's it. And he's the offensive guy. And it just, he never, there is no passing attack, none whatsoever, none whatsoever. So you're, you're going in hands behind your back. So I, I think that I actually thought Kevin still did great jobs with the defense. I don't know. Overall, I think Brian's a better overall football coach than Gus in terms of team leader, and I, I just don't know. Um, again, coaching-wise, I could see this team being very well coached. He's going to want to run the football. They're going to like that. I and mean, They teach the running game very well. He's great with quarterbacks, getting the most out of them. But again, no disrespect, doing it at Boise and and winning and having the best program there, it, it's it's a whole lot different. I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit concerned yet hopeful that he, he'll coach well, he'll do a good job. But you know, am I going to tell you that he's going to beat Alabama three out of five times? Probably not if Saban's there five more years. Um, is he going to beat George anytime soon? Not not unless there's a unique circumstance. So. I mean, if you're, you know, eight and four, nine and three is good. I mean, I think that's what he'll do at his best. I think occasionally you might be able to get to 11 and one in a right type of year. I, I don't see them. I don't see them. I, I would still look at the future of the West behind Alabama to be more A&M. And, you know, LSU's kind of screwed up, so I don't know what's going to happen there. But I, 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 LSU's got more talent. And and we'll recruit better. Um, so I, you know, I don't listen. Who you want to hire? I mean, I think that if you weren't going to go and say we're going to go and hire Hugh Freeze and we're going to do that, there wasn't a whole lot of splash, and you weren't going to get one of those big time. I just it wasn't going to happen. Um, I don't know. In some ways, I I think that Kevin Steele would have been uh, a, a better fit for Auburn in terms of keeping staff together, but I think Brian Harson is a more proven head coach than Kevin. And I think we're going to have to wait and see how this plays out. I'm, I'm curious to see what he does with this staff now, 
How many of those guys did he keep? I mean, everybody's had to keep Rodney Gardner is, is like the most secure guy there. I mean, he knows where the bodies are buried and he's got, he's got a, he's got the sheet on everybody there. He's, he's, he's survived everybody. Is he going to still be there? And w- both Williams going to be there. Um, I'm assuming Kevin's going to move on since he didn't get the head job, but would even want to stay. I, I mean, those are all things that I'm, that, that, that's going to determine whether I like the hire in more, you know, what I truly think right now it's more, let's wait and see. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of movement on staffs in the, uh, in the next week, you know, these games got to get played. And then after those games get played, I think some stuff's going to, going to shift around and move around. I mean, the program I cover has already made one change, and I expect there will be at least one more. I don't know. People keep going, which one? I don't know. I just think there's going to be change because there's always change at, at this level. There has not been change at Tennessee yet. Are you surprised that here on December the 29th that it certainly appears that Tennessee is going to hang on with, with Jeremy Pruitt, or, or am I missing something and you expect something to break there? I, I don't – I mean, you, know, you get out of Knoxville, people say, oh, it's going to happen about a week from now. I mean – what type of dysfunction do you have to have to what are you waiting on for another week? I mean, that, that should have been done already. I mean, if you're going to make the move, it would have already been done. I mean, it, it, look, let me, let me say it this way. I'm not a believer in Jeremy Pruitt. I, I wasn't when they hired him. I don't think he's the answer for him long-term, but it really doesn't make any sense to get rid of him in a week. I mean, that should have already been done. I mean, you're not even playing a bowl game. You don't even have that. I mean, you just, I mean, what are you waiting on? It makes sense. Well, we're trying to raise the money. If you're trying to raise the money, I mean, some of this stuff, I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me that they're making a move now. Now, I mean, it, it in terms of, do they need to go in a different direction? Yes. Um, in my opinion, they probably do, but I think that probably already should have been done. Um, I don't know what, their feeling about it. It doesn't sound like that, that Philip has said public comments that would uh, kind of make it sound like his hand is being forced. So he's made public comments about, well, we was talking about before the bowl game was canceled for them that man, this is going to be, you know, it's good to have bowl practices and Jeremy get a head start on practices for next year. So, I mean, do they force Phillip's hand to make a move, which Philip doesn't want to do? Do they force him out? I mean, you know, I, I've said before, I, Philip Former is going to have to be forced to hire, or they're going to have to fire Philip Former to go forward with Hugh Freeze, and I don't know that that's there. So, um, anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't sense that it's going to happen. A lot of talk, but not the talk that I pay attention to inside. It, I don't, I don't sense that. that. Doesn't mean I'm right. I just that's kind of, I'm not smart enough to figure out secondhand information. It just, I, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same sense I get. I get the sense that they're going to give uh, Pruitt another year, going to roll with it another year, and who knows? Maybe they, maybe they, they think there's going to be different people out there on the market. Maybe they think there'll be more money on hand at that point. Maybe they think another year of evaluating Hugh Freeze lets them decide whether or not they want to step into those waters. I don't know. I have no idea. You hear all of those different rumors, but I think if it was going to happen, it uh, it, it would have happened right now. Uh. There are some games uh, that uh, don't have championship meaning involving SEC teams. A pretty interesting one tomorrow night on uh, on Wednesday, Florida and Oklahoma. That's the Cotton Bowl there in Arlington. 
Uh, Florida's had a bunch of opt-outs, which is kind of par for the course around the country right now. Uh, two prestigious programs going at each other. It's an interesting game. It's one that I'll at least turn on. Um, what are you watching for in this one? And are you surprised at all that Kyle Trask is saying, hey, I, I don't have a lot of my receivers. I just had a big game against Alabama. I, I answered a lot of draft questions that night. There's no reason for me to play. Chris, your mic's off. I'm sorry. There you go. I must have hit something accidentally. Um, it's not Kyle Trask. I mean, you know, it's not backup quarterback in high school, always trying to prove something. I He just doesn't seem to be that type of guy. And I think that's it. You know, just I want to – he's the type of guy that I want to play with my team. Uh, I thought about it. In fact, I mean, you got to think about it. That's how sad it is in today's world that – you know, you got to ask well, who's going to play in the game. Uh, uh, so it wouldn't have surprised me, you know, if he was like everybody else that would set out. But but he's the type of guy that is more towards, hey, look, I'm, you know, I mean, the guy the guy that's not going to transfer, which most of these quarterbacks do, that's going to stay there and stick with it is is the guy that's more likely going to want to finish out in play. So I, I this to me, uh, Oklahoma's played well. Oklahoma looks like the better team right now. I mean, Florida's missing a lot of weapons. You just alluded to it. What, what concerns me when a lot of guys opt out is what is the overall motivation of the team? Do young guys take over? I, I want to prove it. You know, I want to I want to get a really good game under my belt to earn a starting job next year. Um, or does does that? I mean, what are the practices like? What, what is the atmosphere like? I mean, you're dealing with things that it almost gets the feeling that 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 Florida is maybe going through the motions here. And look, I don't feel sorry for anybody. If you're not ready to play, I don't want to hear that you well, they didn't want to play at it too bad. You deserve to get your um nose rubbed in it. So uh, I I think I think Oklahoma to me um at least at this point looks like the better team going into it with all the uh, the opt outs for Florida. So I'm curious to see how they play. Uh, and how this plays out, folks, if you are really looking, if you're the type that are so locked into gambling, uh, God bless you betting on bowl games because the motivation and everything leading is, is just, it's just, I mean, you're, you're, it's just guessing. Uh, but what I can tell you is what the film says, oh, Oklahoma's look better down the stretch, Florida struggling. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much pride or energy or efforts going to be in it for Florida. That would concern me here. Uh, Mississippi State and Tulsa play on New Year's Eve. It's an early game. It's in Fort Worth. It's the Armed Forces, some kind of bowl or something. And I don't mean that as, as, as disrespect. I just don't have the whole, full title here in front of me. Tulsa's had a pretty good year. Mississippi State finished on a high note, really whipping Missouri at home and played pretty well against Ole Miss, actually, as well. Uh, in terms of just a football game to watch, how watchable is this one? You know, I think Pretty watchable. I think the one thing is Mississippi State's been pretty good against the run, but defending the pass, sometimes it's challenging. Tulsa's going to throw the football. Tulsa's pretty good. Um, this is going to mean a whole lot to them. Um, I'm curious to see how Mississippi State plays it. Um, State has more talent, no question overall. But I kind of like Tulsa going into the game. I do think they're going to be able to move the football through the air think they're going to play it hard. These games mean a whole lot to those teams. 
Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it just is. And I, and I wonder sometimes at Mississippi state is it, and I know they played a little bit better down the stretch, but they played in a very disorganized, lethargic way all year. I mean, is it going to get dramatically better in the bowl preparation? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I tend to doubt it. So um, I'm not done working on the preview. Going to have it up on Landry football. I'm, I may, I'm maybe leaning towards Tulsa here. Yeah, they had a good season. They, they played a really good Cincinnati team close mm-hmm. there at the end with Cincinnati playing for something. All right. Uh, also, on New Year's Eve, it's the uh, Texas Bowl, 7 o'clock, Arkansas and TCU, that game in Houston at NRG Stadium. Um, this game opened at Arkansas plus six. It's now down to Arkansas plus four, plus four and a half, depending on your book. I should have mentioned earlier, by the way, that Tulsa line opened at Tulsa minus one and a half. It's up to Tulsa uh, minus two and a half across the board. So we got the uh, the Razorbacks and the Horned Frogs there in Houston in a, in a game that, look, it'll probably be on in my house just because you know, kids that go to school there, but there's not this. This is not a game that that's turning a lot of heads. I wouldn't think on New Year's Eve. Yeah, you know, Arkansas's lost four straight games, and um, you know, TCU's played a little bit better down the stretch. They look like a better team here. Uh, I think that TCU should be able to run the football. I think they're going to get Arkansas out of their split safety look here. Um, and I think they'll be the difference. I, I kind of like TCU, at least in terms of the matchup. The thing that's always difficult, again, is the preparation, the energy level. I just don't know. I'm never really surprised what happens in the bowl game. But studying these teams, particularly how they finish down the year, uh, TCU looks like the better team to me. On New Year's Day, we'll all wake up and say, thank God it's over, and then uh, we get Georgia and Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. It's a pretty good game on paper georgia's a seven point favorite it has stayed that way all week cincinnati has had a uh, special season there um for the for the bearcats this season and i'm sure they would love to top it off with the win over an sec team the caliber of georgia i don't know that georgia gets as geeked up for this one as cincinnati does it kind of feels like if there's a hook if there's a trap that's where the trap is yeah you know you had georgia um play that type of game against Texas to where they just weren't real fired up. And then they kind of rebounded last year and said that we're not going to have that happen again. There's a lot of rumors about a lot of guys opting out of the game, quitting, whatever, opting out. And Kirby was really upset about that. And and it turns out a lot of those guys are not. It's always, that's the other thing too. A lot of these guys, the rumors that they're going to opt out. And then it's kind of hard when they got to sit down and tell their coach, position coach or the head coach, if they're out there and just, it's a little different thing. Um, look, I, again, this is a game, Georgia, Georgia's played very well down the stretch. They're very good defense. They're, they're quite a bit more talented than Cincinnati and Cincinnati's very good. Uh, felt all summer. Cincinnati was the best looking group of five team coming into this year. And boy, they didn't disappoint. They're, but this Georgia team looks really good, and you wonder how this Georgia team would have done with JT Daniels, the ability to do a little bit more in the passing game had they had them all year long. Didn't happen. That's that. Um, again, if they don't show up and play, and Cincinnati's going to be fired up, something to prove. Again, they have something to prove, and quote-unquote, beating Cincinnati is something you're supposed to do. It's a no. Um, 
some people look at it and say it's a no-win situation for either. If Cincinnati wins, you know, people go, ah, Georgia didn't want it. Well, you know, you, you just you can't you can't have it both ways. It just it, it is what it is. I hate the saying, but but that's truly what is the case here. Georgia, you got pride. Um, you know, you you go out and you play. If you get beat, you get beat. And to me, I'm not real impressed when people say, yeah, well, they didn't want to play it. When then that tells me that you're not, that team is not really together and not really focused. And, and, um, I think Georgia should win it. I think they should win it. Um, um, you know, touchdown or so, but you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how, how they play it and their energy level. I would suspect that they would, uh, they would take care of business because they're going to get a good effort out of uh, Cincinnati. Oh, absolutely. All right. Another game on New Year's Day. It's at noon Central, 1 Eastern. It's the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Auburn against Northwestern, a really solid Northwestern team uh, this season. Pat Fitzgerald's done a, a great job with that program year over year over year at a place that has a limited ceiling. He's done a really good job. Auburn obviously uh, finishing out a weird season. Kevin Steele going to coach this game. At least that's what I've heard. Kevin Steele's going to coach this game and then We'll see what happens when Auburn wakes up on January the 2nd and turns the page officially to Brian Harson. But in terms of the, the game itself, Auburn and Northwestern, what are, what are you looking for? You know, I know what I'm going to get out of Northwestern. Um, and I, I think I do anyway. Um, a team that's going to focus on running the football, be very well positioned on defense, play hard, smart football team. Uh, not great, not not overly athletic, not real explosive. This Auburn team has been very inconsistent. I don't know what we're going to get out of them. Um, and again, um, it's it just a matter of pride. I think it says a little bit about, again, how when these teams don't play with a lot of pride, I think it says a little bit about the culture of the programs, um, which which concerns me on any of these teams. Um, I, I just know a little bit more comfortable with what you're going to get out of Northwestern than Auburn at this point. And so um, – it's a game that Auburn's more talented, no doubt, but I just don't know that I would trust them in this game. I just don't know that Northwestern has enough offense to do anything against Auburn. Northwestern's defense is really solid, and they could give uh, an Auburn offense that might not have a lot of continuity uh, because you know you don't have Gus there. I, I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I really don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how Auburn's preparation and. And the attitude, too, and what are the coaches, you know, you can say all you want. I've been there. Uh, You got some coaches on that staff that have some inkling about whether they're going to be back or not. And I'm just going to tell it like it is. They're human beings. I mean. Yeah, well, there's, um, you know, I can tell you half of them and spending time on the phone you know, looking for jobs and, you know, and some, you know, I mean, again, they, they kind of have an idea where things are and that's either good or bad, you know, I mean, depending on, on what conversations and I don't know how detailed they have been, Brian, um, I know he was there Christmas Eve and I don't know how, you know, how much time he's had to visit with them, but yeah, no, this is a, this is a very much an unknown. So a decent question here from Blake Robinson. He says Auburn players better give hundred percent because Harson will be watching to run some off. How much if you're how much if you're Brian Harson are you really watching this game? 
Oh, you're going to watch it. I mean, certainly the returning guys, how well they play, a lot of things. But a lot of what a coach is going to do is, I mean, they're not going to, first of all, the whole running guys off. If you start running guys off, you're not going to have a team. And then then you're probably two years away from being, and then and then they'll start talking about you You are a bad hire. Uh, what coaches do is they'll give guys a fresh start. You know, you come here, your slate's clean here. I think if you don't play hard, you don't play with effort, that's going to be looked. Okay, you won't get run off because of that. Uh, but, boy, you've got a strike against you, and I don't think it's strike three. I think it's strike two. If the, And then you show up for spring and you're not – or the off-season program and you're not with – then then that's when you get run off. I don't think you get run off by the performance in the game, but I think your performance in the game – will certainly be the first impression that he has of you until he meets you and he's actively involved in coaching the team. All right, we got some games on Saturday, January the 2nd. Uh, the uh, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, it's NC State and Kentucky. It's an early game uh, there in Jacksonville. NC State opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They have stayed there. I should have told you. I guess I told you the line on Auburn. It's... It opened at Auburn plus two and a half. It's now Auburn plus three, plus three and a half in that one if you're interested in gambling. And if you are, God help you uh, on bowl games. Uh, NC State and Kentucky, uh, like I said, Kentucky a two and a half point favorite across the board. I can't imagine too many people are, are drawn to this to this thriller on the morning of January the 2nd, but maybe they are. What do you think? Well, you know, they've got a little bit of a bowl game string here at Kentucky. They lost some games this year, no question, against some good teams. Um, you know, for NC State studying them, uh, Hockerman has started like eight games. Um, he's thrown like eight interceptions, uh, been very inconsistent. Um, I, I, I kind of see this game as Kentucky being a little sounder a little less mistakes, and that could be the difference in the game. I think the best NC State performance probably gets them, but I, I think we're going to see a little bit more sounder Kentucky team of the two and will capitalize on mistakes. I, I think it's a close one. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's a one-possession game. I think Kentucky, uh, a little bit of an edge here, I think. Okay. Uh, a little bit later that morning, about 30 minutes later in uh, down in Tampa, Ole Miss and Indiana. It's an 11.30 a.m. Central, 12.30 p.m. Eastern kick there at uh, Raymond James Stadium. Ole Miss opened as a six-and-a-half-point underdog. That line has jumped to eight. Uh, Indiana giving eight points against the Rebels. Ole Miss all sorts of offensive issues with injuries, with opt-outs. Uh, Indiana, meanwhile, is a, a lot like Cincinnati in many ways. They've had a, a special season a season that people will be writing books about down the road, and I'm sure they would love to top it off with a win over an SEC team. And I'll be honest with you here, I don't see a scenario where Ole Miss wins this game. Well, Indiana's definitely the better team of the two. I mean, there's no question they've had a better year. Um, you know, they should be, you know, New Year's Six. I mean, they, 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 really, they really had a good season. And it's not just great story um, for – Indiana, this is a really good team. I think, yeah. you know, Kane's done a good – Kane Womack's done a really good job with the defense. Um, I, I was 
really excited, and I still am, but I was re- more excited when this game was – when I was anticipating initially because I wanted to see how this defense matched up against Ole Miss's offense. As you mentioned, more about Ole Miss's offense um, being what Ole Miss's offense can be. Uh, and I just – I like Indiana's – I mean, I like anybody's ability to move the football in this Ole Miss defense. So I, I think they'll – this game means a lot to them. I think it means a lot to both. I think it'd be a big win for Ole Miss. Um, and I, I think this is a, uh, this is one of the few games I'd sit there and say, I, I think both teams are going to give great effort, but um, I just think Indiana's better. Yeah, I do too. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, Texas A&M, North Carolina. This is an interesting game. This is the, uh, the late game. I guess this is what the orange bowl on, uh, on the second, mm-hmm. uh, Texas A&M, Opened as a five and a half point favorite. That line has jumped to seven and a half across the board. Uh, Sam Howell in North Carolina, a, a team that probably has an eye towards next year a little bit with Howell coming back. And uh, the Aggies certainly are a team that feel like they maybe should be playing in a in a college football playoff game on uh, on January one, but they're not, and they have something to prove. It's a Texas A and M team that would love to finish the season with with a win, and and and. Jimbo would be able to say, "Hey, look, I've I have built a a top five program here in College Station." It'd be hard to argue with him at that point. What are you uh, What are you looking for in this one? Yeah, I I, I think A and M is quite a bit better, and and I think this is they should be able to move the football pretty easily against this North Carolina defense. I think they should. They've got a distinct advantage up front. I think they should be able to run it. I think they should be able to. Um, move the safeties out of the middle of the field and have some success throwing it with the tight ends. I, I just think they should be able to score and even shorten the game if they need to. Uh, this is can be an explosive North Carolina offense. There's no question. This will this will challenge AM's defense. That's that's where it's fun. And so I don't. The, the only scenario is if AM you know gives up some big plays early offensively. I see. I think A and M is ball control. I think their play action. I think you get their offense out of rhythm, then they're not nearly as effective. So if North Carolina can get some early points, get an early lead, then that that is they want it to be an up tempo game. You know, they want it to be that. Um, I just think A and M's better, uh, a much more complete team, and I think will probably uh, the result will reflect that. All right. Uh, it was a question from Woodshed. I'm answering it here in the thread. It was about uh, did, did it surprise us that, that Kane Womack stayed at Indiana through the bowl game after taking the job? And I just answered the question. I can tell you, as someone who knows Kane pretty well, he has uh, immense respect for Tom Allen, Im- immense admiration and respect for this team, for the kids that he coaches, and he wanted to finish the job. Most coaches do, by the way. I mean, they really do. Most coaches do. Um, most coaches would like to coach and finish it. There's some cases where, look, I, you know, my feeling on it, uh, and I, I admire Kane and the ones that do. And, and we're seeing this with a lot of the players opting out is the bowl games are becoming less and less significant. I hate seeing it. Uh, in fact, it's very often, um, I, I think I'm more excited about some of these games and, and certainly the players that are playing them. And it just got to the point where if you're not in a playoff game and maybe an occasional New Year's Six game, if you're the right team, most people don't care about it. And I think that's kind of sad. 
I uh, really did. Different year this year. I'm not, I, I, I know where the fans are coming from, and I certainly understand what you're saying, and I don't necessarily completely disagree with it. It's been a long year. They've been on campus basically since June 1st. They've been tested and tested and tested and tested and tested, and uh, it's 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 been a long year. The the, the you know I, I'll use Ole Miss as an example since I covered them. You know, normally when you play in the Outback Bowl, you spend a week in Tampa, you get to do some fun stuff and that kind of thing. Well, they're not doing that. I mean, Ole Miss is leaving I think Thursday night or Friday, whatever, to play the game. They're going to get one extra night in Tampa to uh, to party after it's over and, and enjoy the fruits of a quote bowl trip. It's just not the same thing. A lot of teams had to stay home for Christmas. Usually you you leave and then you convene at the bowl site or whatever. So it's a different deal. I, I kind of get it. Hey, Chris, uh, real quick before we finish, SEC basketball starts tonight. Uh, Texas A&M is at LSU. That game's the early tip on the SEC network at 6 Central. And then Ole Miss is at Alabama. Game's the, obviously the late tip on uh, the SEC network. South Carolina was scheduled to play Kentucky, but that game has been uh, postponed due to South Carolina's COVID situation. There's a uh, four games tomorrow in, uh, on um, in the SEC. Mississippi State is at Georgia. Uh, that's the early game on the SEC network. The early game on ESPN2. Arkansas is at Auburn. Uh, Tennessee is at Missouri. That's the late game on the SEC network. And then Florida at Vanderbilt to wrap up uh, the first set of games in the SEC, Florida and Vanderbilt. That's a uh, eight o'clock tip Central Time on ESPN two. So uh, college, college basketball about to, to uh, start getting into the spotlight a little bit. Um, any any legitimate Final Four caliber teams out of the SEC? Do you think Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, who would be the anybody? Am I Tennessee? The one that, that has a real shot to be a Final Four team. They've got Final Four talent. Uh, there's a couple three teams that I think can make tournament runs i like arkansas a lot this year a uh, lot of talent there muscleman's good at putting a team together and they look like it um so yeah that those are the the big ones i mean look florida lost keontae john thank god he looks like he's going to be okay uh in terms of you know recovering and that kind of thing but i don't think he's going to play this season and and so he, he you know that that takes them out of the equation Kentucky is talented, but there's no cohesion at all right now. Maybe they put it together late, but they've built so many losses now that it's going to be difficult to overcome that. Uh, Auburn's not eligible to go to the postseason. I, I like Bruce's team, and I think they're going to beat people, but they can't go to the tournament. Um, so, yeah, Tennessee's the one that you look at. Missouri looks good. Um, Ole Miss is an elite defensive team. If they can find a little more offense, and that's a huge if, but if they can, they're dangerous. Uh, I like Alabama's team when they get healthy. So there's there's some teams to watch, but but Tennessee's the one that's got a chance to be a a third weekend team, assuming that there is a third weekend in the NCAA tournament. But that's a conversation for another day. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting uh, how many cancellations and how that's going to play out um, in conference play when we get gone. So yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks to everyone in the thread, Blake and Benny boy and grind and Levi and will Strahan and a bunch of people from earlier in the hour. Appreciate you being with us today. Uh, Woodshed says LSU has really good young talent. They absolutely do. That's another team to, uh, to keep an eye on there. They're, they have the ability to beat people. No question. We'll, uh, we'll stop it there. Thanks for uh, being with us for this edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Stay safe. Have fun. 
be healthy, and we will talk to you next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.